Merry Christmas, everybody. Brandon Lewis here with the TenCon Big 7 News Stories that conservatives who care about the direction of Tennessee tune into so you know what's going on in Nashville and all around the three grand divisions. I hope that you and your family are gearing up for the best uh, possible Christmas season and Happy New Year. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and get on our e-newsletter. Uh, Mr. Jason Vaughn gets that puppy out the door every day at 11.30, and we will tell you what the rhinos do not want you to know, what the left-leaning Republicans who are awash in corporate left-leaning influence would like to keep hidden, but no, um, we are going to take the bright and gleaming saber of truth and run it through the heart of darkness here. Harumph! Harumph. Before we get into anything else, make sure that you go to the platforms that do not censor and shadow ban us, and those would include Gab, Getter, Truth, MeWe, Parlor, and Rumble. Facebook still has us under the onerous yoke of the Orwellian dampening of our messages. Uh, we are now probably down to about 10% of what we used to be, and we're looking at other ways of spending our money so that we can find other conservatives throughout our state that want to keep it red because there is no place left to run. Now, let me talk to you about our year-end campaign. If you can go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, you will be supporting Tennessee's only conservative news alternative that is 100% focused on the volunteer state. If you turn around one day and we are gone, yet you have not given, you will be the reason. And that is not something you want to sleep with every night on your conscience, weighing you down. So, to alleviate that discomfort, please go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support and give. All right, here we go. Before we do anything else, we're going to get into the mailbag. We've got two here. This is a photocopy. My wife took this uh, and sent me a picture of it. It is at the house uh, because it got taken away from the office. But we're going to read it here. It says, Dear Mr. Lewis, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year for 2023 to you and your family. Thank you for all your heart and dedication to Tennessee and America. It is motivational. Listening to the Tennessee Conservative, I will be moving to Smyrna, Tennessee early next year, and I look forward to meeting you. May God bless you and your family. Sincerely, Rachel. Well, Rachel, thank you very much. Thank you for this wonderful Christmas card. May the Lamb of God bring peace and joy to you now and in the coming year. I've got another one here. Now, not only... Not only do I take these and are these at the office, they are hanging up decoratively uh, at the Lewis household in our kitchen on some kind of thing that my wife bought that is, look, looks like a Christmas tree and it has uh, tiny clothespins and, and ribbon or twine. I don't know. Anyway, we hang that up there to display them proudly. So thank you for sending these here. Uh, this one says, May the Christmas season fill your home with joy, your heart with love, and your life with laughter. Thank you for all you do for our state. We must never give up. Merry Christmas, Jane. Thank you, Jane, very much, and thank you for your support. All right, guys, with no further ado, with no further ado, and with me having the ability, the ability to change slides on cue, here we go. Illegal Immigrants sent to Tennessee while they wait their turn in court. And I am sure that every single person that is here in our country illegally will dutifully and without any type of um, uh, dereliction of duty will go directly to court to make certain that justice is served. And if they um, 
receive instructions to go back to their country of origin, they will immediately do it because I don't think they would break the laws of our country. On Tuesday, Governor Bill Lee announced that Immigrations and Custom Enforcement plans to release single adult detainees into Tennessee while they wait their turn in court. Lee's office said it was notified on Monday that busloads of adult detainees would be transported from ICE facilities in New Orleans to Tennessee as soon as next week. Further details were not provided. Mr. Lee, this has been happening for over, it has been happening for two years in Tennessee. This is not a recent development. This is something you have turned your back on, and if and you made a campaign promise that you would enforce the rule of law, that you'd be tough on illegal immigration, and instead you signed a law last session to give illegal aliens professional licenses. You placed an illegal immigration center in Chattanooga, Tennessee, five minutes from this office and my previous house where kids were both molested and lost. This is all strictly Chamber of Commerce, NFIB, theater. These people, these rhinos, love illegal immigration. Every bill that had anything to do with deterring illegal immigration in our state from the transportation to the taxpayer-funded education to the job magnets that bring them here with open arms, Lee has done absolutely zero to stop it in our state. That is the truth of the matter. Attorney General Jonathan Scametti stated that Tennessee is exploring all options, I am sure. The lack of appropriate notice and the lack of transparency by both the federal government and its local partners means we must work quickly, but we are committed to ensuring the safety of Tennessee's citizens. What a load of crap. By doing what? I have heard no practical solution to this. According to a spokesperson from ICE, a non-governmental organization in Nashville has volunteered, for boatloads of taxpayer money probably, to assist with housing the illegal immigrants sent to Tennessee, probably to get some big fat contract paid for by you, the citizens, so they can come here and get education for free, paid for by you, the Tennessee citizens, so they can then cause you to compete for jobs with you, the Tennessee citizen. In this last session of the General Assembly, nearly every illegal immigration bill presented that either made it to the floor for a vote or was watered down to the point of being ineffective. This is true. Cameron Sexton is pro-illegal immigration. Randy McNally must be pro-illegal immigration because nothing gets through either of those chambers without their stamp of approval. And when things get killed, you know they are not behind them. That is just how politics works. Anyone who says otherwise is a liar. One such bill would have prevented the current situation by giving local law enforcement the authority to enforce federal law and arrest anyone transporting, harboring, or facilitating the transport of illegal aliens into Tennessee that was sponsored by Representative Dennis Powers, a great conservative legislature, a legislator, and Senator Frank Nicely, another one of the few that are in the conservative caucus who have no supportive leadership. However, the bill failed in the Senate Judiciary Committee, full of rhinos, we all know, and was subsequently taken off notice in the Criminal Justice Committee after testimony against the bill by the Tennessee Department of Safety. Taxpayer-funded lobbyists lobbying for illegal immigration to increase in Tennessee. <laughs> this is not uh, the conservative state, and these are not the conservative leaders that most of our low-information Tennesseans think they are. Resulting from nay votes from three Republicans, Mike Bell... John Stevens and Todd Gardenhire. Todd Gardenhire never met an illegal alien he didn't like, never met a situation that would make the, the problem of illegal immigration worse. All right. 
Here we go. Tennessee legislators, little legislators divided on proposed expansion of education savings accounts. This is one of those things that, in my opinion, just amazes me. Here we have these kids stuck in these failing schools, and they want to squabble instead of getting the kids in a better situation. Legislation to spread the state's educational savings account to Hamilton County will be brought into two key House members' confirmations. The move could launch expansion into other counties as well. After Senator Todd Gardenhire requested his help in passing the legislation, House Education Administration Committee Chairman Mark White says that he plans to sponsor the House version of the bill. Here are two people that had fought previously against school choice, both in the last session and when the original uh, bill was put in on the education savings account, now turning in a different direction. I'm glad to see it. I wish last session we could have taken care of this. And I, I can't help but think, and then Patsy Hazel would also confirm she would co-sponsor the legislation. Now, these are three people that I've been on hot and heavy about the records because the records suck. If you look, like if you just took, you froze time right now and you didn't look at anything that Todd Gardenhire or Patsy Hazelwood or Mark White as it relates to school choice, if you looked at what they had done in the past and if you look at their voting record in general, you would see that they are not conservative, not even close. They would, they would be just about as easily running as a Democrat as they would a Republican. And yet... Now, they're turning around and headed in a, in a more appropriate direction, which I'm glad to see. But I cannot help but think occasionally that these turnabouts are primarily politically motivated instead of worrying about the kids. I could take any of these people down to a couple of schools within a stone's throw of this building where I am right now. They're almost exclusively full of, of children from other countries that we are now educating at taxpayer expense where the native population is graduating without ACT scores that would get them into college and without reading at grade level, and many of them being functionally illiterate. I think we could have tackled this problem a long time ago, but I'm happy we're moving in this direction now. Even though she had previously requested Hamilton County be removed, this is Patsy Hazelwood, before the House narrowly passed the voucher bill in 2019, and old Todd was right in there with them. Oh, let's keep the kids, let's keep, let's keep opportunity away from kids in Hamilton County. Beholden to teachers' unions. The Knox and Madison school districts could become voucher systems if the cumulative number of schools for those categories were taken into account in 2019. Those were two of three removed from the bill in order to pass in the House and the Senate on Monday. White said he was unsure if the language would allow expansion to Knox and Madison counties, but noted he would let lawmakers who represent those two school districts make a decision on whether the students there should be eligible for vouchers. We're going to let some people arbitrarily see if parents and taxpayers deserve options with their own money. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for letting them decide. Republican Senator Richard Briggs, terrible rhino, and Democrat Rep. Gloria Johnson, both from Knoxville, oppose vouchers in Knox County. No crap. Richard Briggs just recently lost his endorsement from the Tennessee Right to Life. For good reason. He said one thing and did another. Common. House Speaker Cameron Sexton, who voted against the voucher bill at least twice in 2019, who wants to run for governor, who I don't think would be a good choice because I don't think he has the conservative credentials, <laughs> 
I've watched the way that he has ran the House over the last two years. Not conservative. You cannot look at the evidence that came out of the House on key issues that we poll conservatives on, on legal immigration, social media censorship, school choice, and think that Cameron Sexton, hey, grassroots community, spread the word far and wide. you got a lot of people that are in your groups that are low information. Cameron Sexton could have helped these bills, and he didn't. Push comes to shove, you see what people do. The older I get, the more I learn to ignore men's words and observe their actions. These actions have not been good. Was noncommittal... Cameron Sexton, when asked about expansion to Hamilton and potentially Knox and Madison County, he's got to put that finger in the wind. Got to put that political finger in the wind. Can't stand on principle. Un uncommitted. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally seems to be more favorable toward the expansion. He's just got half a finger in the wind. Senator Ed Jackson would not commit this week on his stance for either supporting or not supporting the expansion of vouchers in Jackson-Madison County school districts. These people that can't make a decision to give parents options with their own tax dollars to educate their kids as they see fit need to be ran out of office. Ridiculous. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas. Keep kids in failing schools. Next story, a Tennessee man who has been gathering others weekly together on the Franklin Public Square to worship Jesus vows to continue despite the possibility of arrest. Jeff Daniels of Murfreesboro has been worshiping on the square in Franklin every Saturday evening for the last two and a half years. In that time, he has faced opposition from the city as he exercises his First Amendment rights. This past Friday, Daniels spoke to the Tennessee Conservative and relayed that there was a possibility that he faced arrest the following night by going to the square to worship. Daniels said that the city had amended the code several times in an effort to oust him from the square it is always funny what government has the time to do and what it doesn't have the time to do. When Daniels began going to the square in the beginning of July 2020, he amplified worship music. City attorney Shauna Billingsley said many complaints were made about the music being amplified. Daniels confirmed that he would stop amplifying music and he has complied with the request. The city recently amended the public gathering an expression event code which now prohibits any events that occur after dark throughout the city or after 5 p.m. Friday and Saturday. Well, that's mighty convenient. Daniel showed up on Saturday night with 40 to 50 others to worship, but usually did not receive a citation for violating the new ordinance. Alderman at large Gabriel Hansen said that they, the updated rather, gathering ordinances does not represent the feelings of her constituents, and she plans to bring it back up to the city council after Christmas. Daniels told the Tennessee conservative that several members of the council were hoodwinked into voting for the updates, updates when they assured that it would not prevent weekly worship gatherings. It is very hard to be hoodwinked unless you just don't read what is proposed. That's how Senator Briggs got hoodwinked into voting for uh, the right, what is it, the heartbeat bill. He never thought it would actually pass, never thought the Supreme Court would overturn Roe versus Wade. It was a political vote that he never thought would have any consequences. Hoodwinked. Admitted to the press that he really didn't read it. Well, you wouldn't be the first one there. All right, guys, listen. Ain't many of us. It's the thin red line. And you're on it, and I'm on it, and my good friend Steve Abramowitz is on it. He's got fantastic programming about things that really matter in Tennessee. And you need, if you listen to me, you need to listen to Steve. You'll like it. 
Better, be, be, much better show than mine. Much better show than mine. Mill Creek View. Make sure you put Tennessee in there. Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. Recent episodes include interviews with Andrea Gomez, Tennessee State Director for Renewing America, Chris Tonto Peranto. Well, now that's a cool name. Tanto Peranto. Peronto. Anyway, Chris Tanto Peranto. I'm sorry if I've butchered this. A veteran and former military contractor and CIA operative. Be sure to check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mill Creek View, Tennessee. Check that puppy out. Next story. Scholars in Nashville, Tennessee pushed a diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda meeting at a recent mathematics education conference because we know, we know, definitely know, that um, mathematics has a lot to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, the the Pythagorean theorem, compound formulas, I mean, all these things, statistics, standard deviations, have everything to do with that in mathematics. The conference was the 44th annual meeting of the North American chapter of the International Group for the Psychology of Mathematics Education. That's interesting. Held November 17th through the 20th, Equity and Justice was an entire section of the academic gathering. Some of the papers presented included equitable teaching practices, developing emergent bilinguals, positive mathematical identities. Used to be you had to like do the work. Here's one. Whiteness and fear-mongering towards mathematics education reform. What a bunch of claptrap. Gobbledygook. Look at our Tennessee test scores. It's about the same as everything else. It's like two-thirds of the kids are off track. And just off track doesn't sound as bad. But I bet of those two-thirds, I bet the bottom third is like so far behind they'll never catch up. And we got Republicans uncommitted. Cameron Section uncommitted about giving parents and kids a chance to learn in a different environment other than the failing ones that the Republicans have presided over for a long time now. I'm sorry to get hot about this stuff, but it, it, somebody's got to do it. Leadership's not real worried about the conditions of the kids, but I am. Some of the papers and presentations claimed that many mathematics standards create toxic spaces for historically marginalized students that are violent toward them. Good grief. Disrupting traditional mathematics teaching and learning was another topic. One paper presented stated that red states are continuing to compete in a race for the bottom as they seek to define and ban divisive topics, create anti-woke laws, ban books, whitewash the nation's history, and further marginalize students who identify as gay or all the other acronyms by developing policies intended to destroy their safety. The convention was sponsored by multiple departments of Middle Middle Tennessee State University Republicans. When are you going to quit taking conservative taxpayer dollars and funding these liberal indoctrination centers to your own political detriment? And I think the reason they do it is because they don't really believe in the conservative ideas to begin with. And so when other people attack them, they're not that worried about them. It, it, it It's like if you read in the newspaper that something bad has happened to somebody, you feel one way. 
When it happens to your family, you feel another because you have a connection. But if you don't have a connection, the feeling is different. And I think that is one of the primary reasons why Republican leadership in Tennessee continues to allow things to go on that are so broken because they really don't give a crap about it. The convention was sponsored by multiple departments, as I mentioned, Middle Tennessee State University, College of Basic and Applied Sciences, the Department of Mathematical Sciences, College Education, etc. These are the things that, that were supposed to not be happening anymore, but apparently still are, and I bet they will lose no funding for it. Next story, Jefferson School Board ends practice of tracking citizens. This is an interesting story. Jefferson County citizens are both relieved and encouraged to learn that the school board is no longer publishing a monthly tracking report listing the names of record requesters, the date of the request, and the description of the documents requested. You got these crappy government education institutions that have very poor achievement that spend more money than the private sector would to educate these kids. Only 53% of the dollars make it into the classroom. Republicans continually and constantly make excuse with the excuse maker in chief, Penny Schwinn, in our state. And then they get aggravated when citizens and taxpayers and journalists want to collect information to see if something is up. Not only should citizens be able to get these records because it's their taxpayer dollars, given the performance of these institutions, they should be walking on eggshells, but instead they defiantly basically tell the taxpayer to kiss their ass because they know that those in power aren't going to do anything no matter how bad the performance is and no matter how long it goes. In their January 13, 2022 meeting, the school board chair, frustrated with frequent requests for documents, instructed the central office staff and director of schools to produce a written report that detailed all records requests for the month prior and all the school board meetings, frustrated by requests. I'd be like somebody at a restaurant being frustrated that somebody ordered food. You are a servant of the people. Their election to the board as Republicans was made possible by the Jefferson County Republican Party leadership called a school board primary election. Partisan school board races were authorized by the legislature in a special session of 2021. The practice of citizen tracking ended in September of 2022 when two new conservative Republicans were seated on the board after defeating the board chair and vice chair in the August general election, both new members had pledged to encourage citizens and parents' participation, increase transparency, and provide full accountability to taxpayers. Michelle White, chair of Empowered Jefferson, recommends that citizens across Tennessee check the website of their local school districts to see if they are tracking them similarly. Next story. All right, guys. It's the end of the year. It's the end of the world as we know it. No, it's not. It's just the end of the year. But we do need your support. You can mail your Christmas cards, even if you get them late. I'll still put them up. You can send your Happy New Year's cards to the Tennessee Conservative at 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. Or you can go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. And when you give, drumroll please, you will receive, and this is funny because just moments ago this was covered in like Inches of dust, not inches. We had some waterproofing work done here at the office, and I'm not going to turn the camera around because it'd probably destroy everything in this room. But I'm looking here at 
uh, cinder block walls uh, with some kind of weird encapsulation, and they've cut holes in this wall and this wall, and uh, it was a mess getting this thing set up this morning. So I'm going <laughs> to blow that off. When you give any amount, you'll get one proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker followed by one don't California my Tennessee bumper sticker. Californians, I do love you, especially you conservative ones. Do not get your nose out of joint. And we will send you the directory, which is about to be updated, of all of your current elected officials in the State House and Senate so that you can call them when people like Dale Carr, who should have been defeated by Larry Linton, when people like Dale Carr want to make it easier for illegal immigrants to replace native workers, you can call them or email them or text message them and say, I don't think that is a good idea. If you give $50 or more, or if you give a recurring donation of $10 or more, you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. You can see how dusty, well, I wiped it off, but it's still pretty dusty. We won't send you the dusty one, okay? And this, if you, if you, uh, if you get it now, you won't get it before Christmas. Uh, but you can turn this upside down and use it as a Christmas tree topper next year. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It, it is far better looking and more attractive and signals to others that you are a true proud Tennessee conservative uh, than just any old star. You can use it for that purpose. And tucked inside it or beside it or around it, you will also get this proud Tennessee conservative koozie to keep your eggnog cold and your spiced cider hot. It's the year end. Guys, if you've been consuming this content, listening to this podcast, watching these videos, whichever ones the corporate overlords and the censorship uh, Nazis allow out, then you know that we do work that nobody else does. We tell you things that nobody else will, and they wish we wouldn't, and if you don't give, we might not be able to do it forever. So please do join in the fight. People always wonder. People always sit around on their hands waiting for somebody else to do something. They watch the elections, and then you ask them, what did you give? Did you knock on a door? Did you make a phone call? Did you do anything? No, I just... I just complained to my friends and relatives, and I vented my spleen on Facebook. And alas, it did not do anything, because it won't. But giving to conservative organizations, candidates, with your time or your money really does help, and we could use it. And I am so thankful for so many of you who have given so much to this organization. Uh, we are finishing this year in the black. In the black! We have to keep the money in the operating account because there's not much in there. But it is better than the previous two years that we finished in the deep, dark, bloody, blood-curdling red coming out of ye oldie Lewis family pocketbook. So thank you for stopping the bleeding this year in 2022. And if we can get a few more people on board, we can do a few more things. We would appreciate it. Next story. No more begging. Tennessee State Senator files legislation to increase transparency of government meetings. Senator Todd Gardenhire has filed legislation that aims to increase public transparency of the meetings of governing bodies in the state of Tennessee. Senate Bill 27 requires governing bodies to make agendas of meetings and supplemental meeting documents available to the public at least 48 hours prior to the meeting in a readily accessible location to be provided at no cost. Supplemental meeting documents may include, but are not limited to, proposed ordinances, proposed contracts, proposed resolutions, written staff recommendations, reports, and other materials given to governing body members in advance of the meeting. Even though I was educated in public schools in Alabama, they still took literacy, reading, and writing seriously 
That is why I can read at such a rapid clip, and so many Tennessee students can't, which is why we need school choice. Moving back to the story, predicting how government bodies in Tennessee often function, the legislation makes it a point to say a governing body shall not circumvent the spirit or requirements of this section by withholding items from published agenda or supplemental meeting documents for the purpose of avoiding public disclosure of business to be considered. I hope this would include caption bills in the legislature. It ought to, we ought to get something done about, about roll call votes, especially in the House. You can't tell how people vote, and they like it that way. Next story. Next story. Memphis city leaders say, no, getting smart over in Memphis. They say, this is earth, this is earth shattering. Increased crime may scare away potential investors. What? No way. No way. A great deal of money has been spent on updating the Riverfront Convention Center and other developments in downtown Memphis throughout the few years, but some city leaders are concerned that out-of-control crime may render all that worthless. You mean people don't want to go somewhere where homeless lay all over the street, assault people panhandle, where people shoot one another, like almost as a... Uh, they shoot each other like every other weekend, almost like most people would have a pop-up barbecue. Used to be block parties, now it's drive-bys. Like that might deter people from wanting to go down there and or buy things. No. According to the city councilman, Chase Carlisle, crime is becoming such a problem that it could cause potential investors to shy away from downtown Memphis altogether. If we cannot bring the crime statistics down in the downtown area... We will not get private investors, Carlisle say. It's becoming a dire situation. Statistics from the Memphis County Crime Commission showed as of August that crime had increased more than 8% in Memphis, and in downtown Memphis specifically has seen a 15% jump in reported crimes. At some point, we're going to tip the scale on whether or not Memphis is bankable, and we won't have an option for private investment. Well, Chattanooga, Tennessee is headed in a similar direction. Our downtown continually and constantly has instances I drive to work, and I go to grab something to eat, and we have got just like hotbeds of drug use, disorder, chaos, littering, loitering, trashing of our community, and our mayor, Tim Kelly, won't do anything about it. Won't do anything about it, unless it's on his private property, in which case he will have the city remove it, which is he, he did previously. And my thought is, if it's, good, if, the, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I mean, if we can let this stuff be in my community... Both the one that I move from and the one that I drive through, I don't see why we can't just put it on Tim Kelly's front yard. It should be just as good. Councilwoman Rhonda Logan says she has already heard people discussing a move outside of city limits because of the crime. I moved out of the city limits because of the crime. Fifteen years. When I go back into the city of Chattanooga, as I often do, I miss it. I mean, I grew up out in the country for the first, I don't know, first 18 years of my life, and then I lived kind of off the road, but in a small college town. No crime to speak of, unless we were committing it as college students, and it was petty crime. It wasn't like violent crime or theft or anything. It was just, you know, shenanigans. And the reason I primarily moved out of it is because it's unsafe now. It used to not be like that. And the quality of life stuff has just been completely ignored. Like the taxpayers 
Nobody cares about the taxpayers in, in Chattanooga or in Memphis or in Nashville, all these Democrat cities. I saw a video the other day driving down the alleyway of all these buildings. I think it was like in Silicon Valley where they have just let it just completely go. And people are moving out. And then you're just left with this abandoned, empty hulk of a city that used to be beautiful and wonderful. And they, everybody just keeps shrugging the shoulders. How did it get like this? Well, because you did it. You were told and told and told and told. And the issue is, if anybody brings any of this stuff up, crime, quality of life issues, the left and the leftists, because they've got a virtue signal to one another, immediately attack the people who are pointing out the obvious. And then everybody else is too timid to say anything, and so in order to virtue signal, everybody just lets the thing fall apart, which is where we're headed in many cities in Tennessee. We are virtually in a state of emergency as a city, Logan said. Memphis Police Chief C.J. Davis echoed these concerns of the, of the council members, stating that she would be sending dozens of new officers out soon. She also acknowledged the need for more foot, motorcycle, and mounted patrol in the downtown area. David said the increased police presence is a visual reminder that law enforcement is out there and is a deterrent to many crimes. I've said, and I'll continue to say, if you lose your downtown space, you've lost your city, Davis said. Some people don't understand that. It doesn't mean we don't care about the rest of our residents, but as far as the growth of the city and ensuring that people who visit here will feel safe and come back for the investment of our city, it's really important for us to take care of our downtown space. It is the face of the rest of the city, so we're very concerned. Here in Chattanooga, we only care about downtown, like the little, you know, wherever wherever the conference money comes from. When people come from out of town to do cheerleading conferences or the Iron Man or whatever else, like, we'll keep that clean. We'll keep that clean. Like, we're not going to have what Tim Kelly lets in the other parts of the city. Uh, we're not going to let that just be right in front of the aquarium. No, no. We want that to be somebody else's problem. We don't want folks to see it. We want to kind of get it tucked away, you know, so only the locals have to contend with it. Really nice. Really nice. All right, guys. That's it. Anticlimactically getting into this. End as we wrap up 2022. So, ye oldie Tennessee conservative staff will be off during the time between Christmas and and New Year's. So this may be the last the last podcast you hear for a couple of weeks or for just I'm gonna just take a week off. I can hear many, many Democrats and Rhinos breathing a sigh of relief, but yet the Patriots, the Patriots, the conservatives, the folks that care about Tennessee. I'm sorry, if you care about Tennessee and you're not a subscriber to the Tennessee Conservative, I doubt your enthusiasm, your desire, your nerdiness for all things conservative in Tennessee. So, what's going to happen this weekend at the Lewis family household? Well, today, today I've got one more uh, interview to conduct here in a couple of hours. And I've got some things. i got a lot of work to do. This is my busy time of year in my paying job. I've got a lot of work to do in my paying job. And um, so i got to get back at that today. I'm going to go see if I can track down a prime rib. Rusty's is out. We, we, we are uh, doing our prime rib procurement a little bit late, which is typically what my wife cooks for Christmas. If not, we will have some other delectable dish, and it will be just fine. 
tonight, we're having our neighbors over, the Lewis family, no relation. Um, we're going to have them over and uh, my longtime uh, buddies, the Brumleys, and we're going to have a spaghetti dinner. And we're going to hang out and commiserate and, and fellowship. Tomorrow I've got to work up until about 1 o'clock, in which case we're going to go to the uh, Christmas service. And then we've got some little get-together uh, with the ladies at uh, our daughter's school, which my wife has become fast friends with, and we love them dearly. And then uh, on Christmas Day, we just hang around the house. We've got our little routines and rituals. I take out ye oldie record player, which I've got to find my records. My wife knows where they are, but we have yet to unpack them. The old record player, and uh, we listen to Willie Nelson's, is uh, it Pretty Papers, Pretty Ribbons of Blue? I think it's what it is. We've got Willie Nelson, uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, the Vince Guaraldi Trio, The Grinch Stole Christmas, and a few others that are perennial uh, Elvis, Elvis Christmas. Uh, so we play those in the background. And it is my hope that as my children grow up, that in their minds, when they think of Christmas, they think of the classics, whether it's country, jazz, uh, the crooners, or somebody uh, like the king of rock and roll, and not some of this new stuff. So I'm hoping that they, they carry on the tradition of being, uh, of being an old soul. And then the day after Christmas, uh, the entire Fincher family descends upon Casa de Lewis and, and my side of the family, some of them, on their way to Gatlinburg for Christmas, coming from Alabama, are going to stop by. So we will have a full house. We will have a full house, and I don't even know what... Uh, the rest of the week has in store, except for me working quite a bit uh, while everyone else isn't. So that's what I got going on. Guys, I hope you have a fantastic, wonderful, merry, merry Christmas celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Came to the world um, as a baby, fully God and fully man, for the great exchange. And that is uh, His righteousness for our sin, and that is a hell of a deal, and I hope you take him up on it. Merry Christmas. Love you. Mean it. Be good, guys. I'll talk to you next time. This is Brandon Lewis with the Ten Con Big 7, signing off.